gagged at two girls, one cup. You cringed at two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Now it's time to get uncomfortable with Two Nobodies, One Podcast. This is Here's My Movie. Here's my movie! Hello and welcome, dear listeners. So, look, we haven't got the theme song recorded yet. We're basically ripping off the Mortal Kombat theme song, which you may remember from Mortal Kombat's one through... 12? Uh, no, they changed it. Oh, they did. They kept changing it. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, And the movie, of course, that wonderful movie that I'm sure we will revisit at some point. Um, Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, It's one of those films where I just adored it as a child, but I think revisiting it, I learn most of the time when I do that that I was not a picky child. Uh, so I really hope that one doesn't disappoint me, but yeah. What was it rated? Was it kid-friendly? No, no, not at all. My parents were lazy and didn't really look at <laughs> anything I was doing. I was a good child, though. Did it have fatalities? I don't remember it at all. All I re- Look, okay, to be honest, I remember Liu Kang at the end doing that fireball bullshit from his hands that he does in the game, and I remember Johnny Cage... Uh, having his sunglasses crushed by Goro, I think it is, and then he does the splits and punches him in the nuts as per his signature move in the game. Um, So that's pretty fun. But uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves at this point. So my name is Katie. And I'm Nate. Uh, We are in a relationship. Uh, Nate is my sister wife. Yes. Uh, now we're in a podcast relationship. Things just got beyond Facebook serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, but in a nutshell, uh, yeah, uh, Nate is my lovely partner and we decided to record what we talk about day to day anyway, which is movies, our love of movies and uh, our own screenwriting journeys. So we welcome you uh, to our lounge room discussions. And can I just say, audience, that you are welcome because now it's really, really awkward when we go and see movies because I insist on us not talking about it. Yeah, that's true. And that's really tough because, you know, the the car ride home after seeing a movie, you generally want to dissect it, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you agree or disagree. And now it's just kind of like this quiet, like we haven't been together for 20 years to bring running out of conversations yet. And yet it's just like, yeah, what do you want for dinner? Okay. Yeah. Don't talk about the movie. Don't talk about the movie. Or I'll go, but just that one thing, and then I get a, save it for the podcast. Yeah. That was you, by the way. That's my catchphrase, save it for the podcast. Sound kind of like Clint Eastwood meets Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah, righto. Thank you. Just talk yourself up. I did. Yeah, I know. Um, just incidentally, uh, off the top of my head, I, I can't remember the name of the band that does the uh, Mortal Kombat theme, but I do know that they are from Belgium. Oh, uh, so thanks guys. Uh, I was in Belgium recently. Give yourself a couple of hours. You'll see the whole country. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It was actually amazing. Um, but I will, uh, I will say that, 
um, in relation to Australia, uh, where I'm from. Nate is from New Zealand and is now here. So Don't hold that against me, Aussies. <laughs> I still um, sound like you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, though, that uh, Belgium, the entire country, is smaller than Australia's largest cattle station. So um, it, it sort of kind, of kind of blew my mind that several amazing tourist attractions were either <laughs> within walking distance or a short drive. Uh, so the scale um, that I'm used to is, you know, barren stretches of scorched earth as per Mad Max. So, yes, well done, Belgium. And, yeah. So I guess we will take you now on a journey uh, with a, a recent film that we uh, – a recent outing to the, to the cinema – that, uh, the cinema. <laughs> She's literally never said it like that in her life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we went and saw uh, Jordan Peele's new flick. Uh, we got to see it before, or two days before everybody else, didn't we? Aren't we special? Yeah. Yeah, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. And it should be you and me, not you and I. Upsets me. Bit of a grammar Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is true though. Uh, even though, but, but many insist that it is you and I. Um, they do that to me, that? yeah, regularly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay. like, oh, you poor sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess at this point, should we give the listeners a, a synopsis? Do you already all know what it's about? Because you're movie fans that were all lining up in the freezing, desolate cold to go see it because you'd camped outside for midnight or something to that effect. We should definitely say, I mean, it probably goes without saying, but I'm about to say it. Mm. Here be spoilers. Yes, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, It's probably of zero benefit to you whatsoever to listen to this before you've seen it anyway. Uh, But... Yes, please be aware that this podcast will be spoilerific. Yeah, and especially for a movie like Us, I find the synopsis of what I thought was going to happen from a trailer or, you know, basic IMDb description versus after I'd seen it would be very different things. But I think to kind of give a decent synopsis, you've almost got to give spoilers anyway. Not massive ones, but just kind of like... You know, a, what, what, a family is hunted by what appears to be doubles. See, I almost said clones. I mean, you, you've all watched it. Please don't. They are. Because they are clones. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so even that, like I'm overthinking the, the descriptor. I'm like, why did he say double? Why didn't he say clones? I'm like, he didn't say clones for a reason. Read into it. That's why I don't do synopses, I guess. Yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, that that's essentially uh, what perhaps would have been derived from the trailer anyway. Um, even the poster. Even the it's poster. It's a very yeah. fantastic poster. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic poster and it's, it's – uh, I think Jordan Peele's signature has become close-ups of wide-eyed terror, but I do love it. Yeah, it works. Uh, yeah, it does work and it's very off-putting. Um, but, yeah, essentially uh, doppelgangers are, uh, suddenly appear and are hunting down – their counterpart on Earth. Um, the film follows the uh, 
I guess the the summer holidays of a of a particular family. Um, the the woman in the family is uh, played by the wonderful Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Oscar winner, and just all around completely amazing actress that I think can turn anything into just scene stealing moments. She's incredible. She does really well as a you know supporting character. So when she has the spotlight. Yeah, you're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And she has some room to kind of flex in, in different directions in this one too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and so she's from the beginning she's incredibly resistant to uh, going to uh, this beach. <laughs> Venice Beach, wasn't it? Was it Venice Beach? No, I don't think no, so. No, no, it's, it's – We're not beach people. I don't know if you can we're not. We're not beach people and, like, not American, but it's it's a beach that I've heard of before. When you get those questions, you know, like, yeah, would you know. rather live in a forest or on a beach? I'd say say no. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. Next. Exactly. Or a, what about a forest overlooking a beach but I don't want to go to the beach? Because, like, Anakin Skywalker, man, that sand gets everywhere. Yeah, that's true. It's coarse. Yeah. It doesn't give a shit. I'm mixing up my <laughs> references here. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, so anyway, it, it appears that a, a traumatic event has happened for her um, at the beach the last time she was there when she was knee-high to a grasshopper, as we say in Australia. So she was a little girl um, and she went missing for, for many hours and she returned to her family unable to speak. Uh, so she was essentially... So terrified from uh, getting lost in a a fun house at the beach, which you know, to be honest, that terrified me also. Um, but she it rendered her with you know what appears to be kind of PTSD. She wasn't able to speak. It was a long journey for her to become herself again. <laughs> and uh, so now that she's married, has children of her own, she is returning to this place that gave her so much grief and. Um, you know, husband's kind of going, hey, look, don't worry, I'm here. Like, it'll be fun. He's great. And he, he's fantastic. He's super chill, massive yep. nerd. They're kind of the cliche of the dad jokes, but, like, he leans into it. He just owns it. Yeah. He's fantastic. His two kids seem to look at him, like, with eye rolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's he's very entertaining. Yeah. In many ways, I'd say he's at the heart of the film, even. Yeah, me too. Me too. And um, uh, Jordan... Peel just has this incredible ability to maintain tension while injecting humour. Uh, it's such a fine balance, and I, I can't really think of anyone who does it better than him in the modern day uh, in terms of horror films. Uh, because for me, like, I don't know, I think the last time I saw a film, that, like a horror film that made me laugh in a couple of uh, instances was Happy Death Day. Uh, but I found that it completely brought me out of being intrigued or scared. Um, where it's more it, of like a slasher convention, right? Yeah, I guess like so, Like you yeah. can scream kind of has funny bits and stuff as well. Mm. I don't know. I never saw the original Halloween. Was that was that funny? So that was kind of the birth of the slasher, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it had its uh, – I mean, I guess it had moments you could laugh at. I mean, as did um, the the remake uh, of of Halloween. So, yeah, it's uh, – you know what's really weird is uh, we, everything just stopped and time slowed down because there's some bellowing fuckhead outside going, hello, just right when we're talking about, you know, 
slasher films and yeah. Michael Myers. Wait for the lights to go down. Oh, and there was like, this is fun. There was actually a shooting uh, in the next block, and that never happens here because we're surrounded by 95-year-old nonnas um, yeah, like who, are, who are assumed to be unarmed. Um, we're the young people. Yeah, we like, are. We're the ruffians. Yes, we're the ruffians. Um, if I could rub my beard on the microphone, I would, so you could tell how much a ruffian I am, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so we're filming, uh, filming, recording in our apartment, and I have taken the intercom off the hook because, uh, as part of my my work, I do interviews, and I have had interviews, which you know it's like a ten or fifteen minute portion of the day, and yet, outside of these these times, nobody wants to come and visit, nobody wants to buzz, but there's been people holding down the buzzer, and it makes the kind of noise that is like. If nails down a chalkboard was somehow fired out of, you know, a jet engine, it is the most annoying noise in the world from liar, liar not liar, liar, uh, dumb and dumber, amplified, mm. but like like a robotic version that's like, and people don't understand how loud it is. So they kind of like just hold it down like it's this pleasant, you know, musical bell or something that we love to hear. And you seriously end up running for it. So we've done that so you don't have to hear that. And it, it sounds like, because we can hear the guy through the intercom, and hopefully you can't, that he was basically holding down the button. Yeah, no, it's pretty great. Um, and I think there's... <laughs> so the other youngish person uh, that lives in our apartment block in this old, old, old wooden ship that we live in... Um, no, in this apartment diversity. block. Diversity. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's called diversity. <laughs> um, he is perpetually drunk and um, very stereotypically Australian. Um, he often locks himself out without his keys and calls upon us for help. But that not today, Satan. Stay outside and drink in the park like a normal ruffian. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um Oh, there's yeah. going to be tangents, by the way. Yeah, look, and that's how my brain works. No, no, that's how we that's how we talk. That's true. Um, For your entertainment, <laughs> maybe like write down what we're talking about. We will circle back to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, pretty good at remembering back. that. Circle back. Um, but look, yeah. Anyway, so she was at the carnival, traumatic experience. Her husband, with the best intentions, basically forces her on the trip um, because it'll be so good for her and blah blah blah. And that's how many horror films start. Why don't we just get away for the weekend and throw caution to the wind and whoops, you get murdered. But yeah. So anyway, they end up at their uh, uh, holiday home, I guess. And, you know, the children kind of both have their own hangups and, and, and issues, but, you know, generally it's a loving family that make the best of the situations that they're in. And uh, until... The, the youngest child that, you know, loves masks and toys and games and stuff like, you know, a normal 12-year-old boy says, Mum, Dad, there's a family standing in the driveway. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and from there you see that it is indeed a family and they are standing in the driveway, and despite the, the husband's hilarious attempts to ward them off, which just includes asking them if they're okay, no response, saying, hey, this is a bit weird, please go away, no response. Get off my property or I'll call the police, no response. To then saying, okay, motherfucker, and going out there with a bat. Let's get crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, and then that, you know... They kind of move forward into the light and they see 
themselves, uh, except these people are all dressed in orange jumpsuits. They've got a little leather glove on and they're carrying a gold pair of scissors. They look devoid of emotion. Uh, they, they are unable to speak and they mean harm. Uh, it's at this point that uh, they, they make their way inside through smashing the place to bits, basically, until they gain access. And it's here that uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, her name's actually Adelaide, tangent coming. Now, Adelaide is uh, Australia's murder capital, uh, so cool name. It's actually a nice name, uh, city of churches, but also of people who kill each other weirdly. That's why they have churches, because there's so many people getting killed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, that is absolutely true. Um, that's you, a fact. You, you will find that on the Adelaide Wikipedia Citation page. not needed. No, not at all. Just believe me, okay? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with the Snowtown murders, that's probably the worst one, because I think that's actually the worst serial killer case in Australia. Because um, when we do it, we do it weird. Yeah, we don't half-ass it. No, we don't half-ass it. And I think it was, you know, I, I say only in, in inverted commas, I think it was about only about 14 people, uh, considering people like Ted Bundy rack up 30-plus. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it kind of isn't as cool, I guess. Cool? Renowned? Good. Renowned, yeah, it's not cool. Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, it's Snowtown, it's, it's pretty cool. It's in the name. Right. Yeah, except it's a really it's a, it's a horrible hot place that, oh. with about not many many people, um, and uh, yeah. Founded so. by John Snow, I believe. Also, no need to check Wikipedia. No, don't check. No, no, it is the uh, Sir John Snow uh, was the founder of the town. Yes, and uh, rode in on a giant dragon, I believe. Spoilers. <laughs> and then it was like, "Hear ye." I call this place Snowtown. After said, me, Sir John Snow. And it was Snow you didn't. <laughs> no, but um anyway, the if you're familiar with the bodies in the barrels murders, that's that's where this that's that's Adelaide. Um and it's also uh, Barossa Valley. There's lovely wine there. We're actually drinking some at the moment. Um so if you're into wine and being killed and dissolved in a barrel of acid, um then Adelaide's a great place and a great name to give your protagonist in a slasher flick totally slasher flick is it see this is where it gets interesting right because it looks like it's one of those sort of home invasion mm -hmm. they're trapped and it definitely sets it up like that in fact they go to call the police and they do call the police the police will be here in 14 minutes or something i'm like okay this is interesting you know the brain's running as it does when you watch movies you're trying to figure out what's going to happen next and you're like, okay, they've created a clock, they've created a 14-minute countdown before the police arrive. And for me, the ob most obvious thing is that the invaders will detain the lovely people and appear to be, you know, them. Except they're all a bit weird and they don't really talk. They kind of speak in yelps and stuff. Ah! Yeah, like an old person waking up. Uh, <laughs> 100% that, <laughs> except uh, the main, main lady's clone is, she's a little bit like, you know, the godfather. Except she caught a whole bunch of shit from um, the internet for that 
voice that she did because she was mimicking a, a real disability. Oh, was um, she? Yeah. Uh, and that was her inspiration for the voice. What's the disability? Uh, it just, no, it just makes you talk like that. Is that it? Well, uh, it's, it, it's a, some sort of paralysis of the throat, I think. Right. Um, I think. I don't. Uh, look, I, you know what? No, no, hey, we are the kings and queens of Wikipedia here. <laughs> Don't you dare back down. <laughs> I have memorised the entire to me. website. It's true. Um, yeah, I believe it's a, some sort of throat paralysis disorder, but there are actual sufferers out there of that um, uh, terrible affliction and using it as a device for a horror film was not appreciated by some segments of very vocal uh, Twitter mainly, yeah. I would say probably. But, I mean, we're well into, again, spoilers. Are you, why are you still listening? Go watch it. Yeah, go Press watch pause, it, come back sake. and listen on. Yeah. But that, my understanding, jumping to the end again, we'll jump around a lot, um, was that her throat was somehow damaged as a girl when she was throttled by her clone. Well, there's that and the fact that she was the only one this is a huge spoiler, okay? Uh, <laughs> do we do we say it now? No, just say whatever you want. Like it doesn't matter. Like we're we're we've already given multiple spoiler tags. Yeah, so. I mean, my interpretation was either because there's a, a a very short flashback where she's faced with her clone as a little girl in the funhouse, and the clone reaches out and strangles her. Yeah. Um, now at that point, we later find out that I mean, it's an event that that represents probably about four seconds in the whole film. Um, so, you know, it's easy to miss. Uh, so there's there's that explanation. And the other one is that because what happens is after that strangulation occurs, um, the little girl, Adela- little girl Adelaide is dragged by clone little girl Adelaide into the underground uh, where clones of every human being are living. Or at least every human being in America. I don't think they did it. I don't think it went global, did it? Um, well, they it's a U.S. Co- government experiment or something. Yeah, they, they kind of clunkily set it up with that opening text. Yes. Which for the longest time I thought was a joke. Yeah. They're talking about abandoned tunnels in America and yeah. people don't even know what they're for. Yeah. Although the particular tunnel that we deal with the most doesn't actually seem to be that far underground. It has a fucking escalator, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. you don't put an escalator somewhere unless you intend on going down there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although it is hidden behind a door. That's true. I guess. Yeah. And so there's, uh, th- there's a moment where she's dragging the, 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 the real life above ground version of herself. Yeah. This beast strength child who's yeah, just the choked out a kid. <laughs> choked out a kid. Uh, and what happens is. She's handcuffed to the bed, the real one, and the clone swaps clothing with her and then goes above ground. So the Adelaide main character that is being pursued by the clone is actually the clone. And the English-speaking real human among the clones leads a a resistance and orchestrates an uprising of the clones who are all unable to speak. And so uh, she didn't get the chance to practice talking because nobody could communicate with her anyway. They were mimicking, you know, horrifying sequence, all the things that their people were doing above ground. Um, 
but she'd obviously learned how to speak by that stage in her life. Um, so the thing is, you know, she's finally come above ground. She's finally meeting again with people who are able to talk. So her voice is like this because it hasn't been used in so long. So she's that- she's used to speaking in yelps and things because she does communicate with the other ones throughout the movie with their weird communication forms. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then that also explains that. Adelaide stops talking when she return when she's found after she goes missing because she can't actually talk. Yeah, she'd never learnt. She'd never learnt at that point. So um, that is, for me, that twist was fantastic, but it was very obvious. So you saw it coming. Yeah, I didn't, and I thought that I should have because it they, he sets it up really well. It makes it makes sense, but then it also kind of makes the movie fall apart a yeah. bit because. They don't just, like, they're not called clones. At a certain point in the movie, they get described as the tethered. And there's this massive, late in the piece. Well, I guess it starts early. They do the, they do a lot of exposition up front, which is fine. But then there's this section right towards the end with massive amounts of exposition that are there yeah. to service the twist. Now, the more I think about the twist and the setup, the less it makes sense. Because... They were tethered and, and everyone's tethered, but this particular uh, clone decided that she didn't want to do what she wants. She had free will. It's, you know, like the old story, the Matrixy thing, mm. someone just decides to go no or whatever. But then they swap. So the person who has free will is now locked up down there. Yep. But just because they're downstairs, they now have to mirror what's happening above ground like Mm. it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and it also doesn't make any sense to me why the others were able to have free will or why from the beginning it wasn't just this person who didn't belong there kind of telling them i don't know what's going on i'm kind of freaking out here like i'm just gonna get out of here because she could leave right she could just go back up the way she came and yeah go back out into the world well, that's yeah, but uh, I well, yeah, exactly. Um so I guess that's a plot hole really because you'd think that she would just run away and escape because the other clones are tethered, so they're performing actions of their counterpart on earth, so they're not going to stop her. There's nothing they, stopping them from leaving or her from leaving. They just don't know well, how. They can't or, even or, they can't even stop her because like no. they have to copy like and, and this is this is a problem with any movie um, is that it has to be it has to set up its own rules and it has to be internally consistent with them and I don't mm. think us is I think us is one of those movies where they you know Jordan Peele's like I've got a Shyamalan type twist and oh, work kind of please don't kind of well, old school Shyamalan right like and working backwards from it yeah but the problem is that when you get to the twist like so I'm thinking of Sixth Sense yep. right now. Mm-hmm. When you see Sixth Sense for the first time, you get to that twist, you're like, whoa. And then you're like, come on. There's no way that works. There is fucking no way that works. So yeah. you're like, I'm going to watch it again, M. Night Shyamalan. He's like, cha-ching, you do that. And then you watch <laughs> a scene, which is why it's so heartbreaking to say his name nowadays, because back in like Sixth Sense and then An Unbreakable as well for me were- They love, damn it. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> they were both incredible, but one scene in particular from Sixth Sense is the kind of 
the dinner. Do you remember the the dinner at the restaurant with the wife and dead Bruce Willis? Yes. And she's it's played out when you watch it the first time like she's ignoring him, my wife won't talk to me, like they've got a really bad relationship that for whatever reason she just won't end even though she seems to be cheating on him with someone else, rah, 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 right? And you watch that scene the first time and you're like, man, she's ice cold. What is going on here? Like, But it works. Hmm. And you go rewatch it and you're like, yep. he's not there. Like she's done this anniversary it, it, of his death dinner. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's – it's amazing uh, looking back on it once you know the twist. Like I watched it for the first time in 10 plus years, I think probably a year ago or something. Like you had it on one night when I came home late from work or something and, I, and like we had only just started and I sat down and watched it. And the the beats where you see the interactions with Bruce Willis, it's it's incredible how obvious it is. Yeah. And you just don't pick up on it on the first watch. It is set up from the opening scene. Yeah, and it's 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 beautiful writing. Yeah. What happened to that guy? Although I did rate Glass, but I'm sure we'll circle back to that at another stage because that is ripe for our kind of analysis that you're listening to this for the first time. You don't even know what it is yet, but... We don't even know. We don't... Yeah, we're making this up as we go along. The Indiana Jones of podcasts. Yeah, that's true. I do. I, I see like a, you know... This podcast had a, you know, a head accoutrement. It would be a sort of a jaunty fedora. Did you just speak French? M podcast. M podcast. <laughs> there you go. You've just experienced the name change. Here's my podcast. No, I can't do it. I can't. Oh, my God. Why are you wearing a fedora then? I'm an incel uh, and we're marginalized in society. The neck beard should have given it away. It <laughs> That's on me. Oh, fuck. I fucking hate my life. So the um, twist, okay, so yeah. the twi let's get back on track. The twist doesn't work for me. No. And then there's this whole hands across America thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, and which, by the way, did not work at the time either because, you know, America has canyons and rivers and mountains and shit. So actually joining hands, everybody like across the vast expanse that is America was impossible and proved by that event. Because like Australia, yeah. there's a whole fuck ton of desert yes. in between the coasts. I mean, probably proportionally more in Australia, I guess. We do tend to stick around the coasts. We do, Whereas yeah. America is a bit more spread out and they've got people in the middle. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that there are giant stretches of road where nobody living. What are they going to do? They're going to drive out there and be like, yep, I'm waiting for my handheld experiment. Shouldn't be long now. And that's yeah. why it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a good idea for a movie. If yeah. you don't think about it too hard, you know, suspend yeah. the old disbelief. And and us wants you to suspend the fuck out of your disbelief. So what you're supposed to believe by the end is that she's not only rallied everyone and somehow given them free will and free right leather gloves and free... Which is, which is apparently a homage to Michael Jackson. That You'll see at the very beginning of the film, the little girl wears a... Or she, she, her dad wins her a, a thriller... Michael Jackson T-shirt at the beginning of the film, oh, nice pick up. and the, the 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 brown the one brown glove is, I guess, a homage to her favorite pop star because she wouldn't have had any experience with any others while underground. So, she that's kind of a hang on from the time that she was on, you know, above 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 ground America as we know it. 
uh, unfortunate timing with uh, that one and the documentary. Yeah, uh, but like not really. Like if like for horror, you know what well, I mean. Like yeah, it adds yeah. instead of it being like this thing that's like this beautiful drama and the she was locked underground for most of her life, but Michael Jackson helped her through. Where you like. It's like kind of like the Kevy, Kevin's Kevy, Kevy Spacey. Kevy Spacey. I mean, me old mate. Yeah, it's like a like a Kevin Spacey level kind of revelation. Where I don't know about everyone who's listening to this, but I can't go back and watch Kevin Spacey things anymore, and that sucks because American Beauty was beautiful, although really creepy. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't acting, Nathan. That was my life. He doesn't sound like that at all, but he does in my mind now because I don't remember him. And then Usual Suspects. Holy shit. Don't you hate that movie? No. What? Which, what's the one you hate that everybody loves? Oh, um, probably a bunch. Uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas, that's the one you hate. Yeah, yeah. and then we just lost all of our three listeners. <laughs> what? Oh, well. I guess we'll have to do that at some point. Yeah. I got in a yelling match at a wedding for hours. I think it was three hours. About. He wasn't even invited to that wedding, by the way. Yeah, I just joined in, just caused some drama. Um, hey, Goodfellas sucks! About Goodfellas. And, like, let me very quickly distill why Goodfellas sucks. Uh, it has no plot. And, and that's it. Really, that's it. And I, I don't deal well with movies that don't have plot. And even Scorsese, before you get upset and go there is a plot said the departed was the first movie that actually had a plot and you know what i love the departed so i don't have a problem with martin scorsese like i think i'm not it's not one of those things where it's like what are those brothers the cohen brothers Mm. i really feel like (laughs) what are those brothers (laughs) well they're, they're the only ones i guess but they have a brand of humor that i that i don't laugh at and i think yeah okay like horror and comedy for me are very closely linked in terms of their value is in emotional reaction, right? So if mm-hmm. you watch a movie and you laugh at it, it has done its job. It's successful as a comedy and it doesn't matter if it's fart jokes or it's sort of West wing, highbrow stuff where you're like, Oh, I get that 1% joke. It doesn't matter. Like if you laugh at it and this is what I had friends in the past who were like, I can't believe you like The Hangover. I'm like, I like The Hangover because it made me laugh. Like that is my only requirement of a comedy is that I laugh. And if I get to the end of the most amazingly constructed comedy and don't laugh, then it's a failure as a comedy. And the same thing for horror. Mm. If I don't get scared, and I don't count jump scares because they're all cheap. But jump, if jump I don't scares feel- Jump scares are cheap, yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry, continue. No, if, I, if I don't feel tense- edge of my seat and the best thing a horror movie can do to me or for me is that it can make me go what would I do in that situation fuck and the last one that really shook me to the core would have been It Follows yeah because the problem that you have in most horror movies especially nowadays is you deal with dumb protagonists that drive the plot forward yep you have just use your mobile phone, you know, or He's don't behind you. Yeah, don't separate yeah. and go off as individuals. <laughs> like, like the just the dumbest shit. Yeah, that just frustrates me. Whereas it follows, you're presented with a literal dilemma where you are damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So do you go and I guess spoilers for it follows. Go watch it. Pause. Go watch it. Um, if you, do you go and fuck someone 
to mm. pass on this curse, knowing that they'll likely die, especially if you don't tell them the rules or whatever, um, and also knowing that all you've done is bought yourself some time because if you're going to run really far away from them, that thing's still going to come after you after they're done with Like it's just moving down the order. Or do you take one for the team and die knowing that it's going to be part – like it's a perfect setup for like – there are no right answers here. Like, this is true horror. Like, you're fucked. Whatever you do, you're an asshole or you're dead. Or both. I you're mean, a dead asshole. Name yeah. of my sex tape. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, for me, It Follows was definitely up there. Um, and I don't know. Would you take one for the team and, like, I don't know, like maybe fuck like a dolphin or, or something like that just can just get away. Like, and that's happened before, actually. There was a, a man who was a dolphin sexual or whatever. Um, and he was uh, in a relationship with a dolphin. Followed by a, a yeah. killing entity and, and he, he fucked, fucked a dolphin. dolphin and yeah. he got away. No, th- and he <laughs> no. stopped the loop. No, no. Hero. Look, very sad story. I don't know if it's true. I haven't snopesed it. Maybe I should. I won't. Um, Is that like it, Snape? You are. Oh. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, apparently the dolphin um, deliberately sank itself to the bottom of its like enclosure and killed itself because it was sexually assaulted. But also, um, but I, but then he would still get followed. So fucking the dolphin did nothing. Oh, because it, it goes back to them, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Huh. It doesn't. Okay, so yeah, look, my my theory did not did not work. So yeah. and also you like, I mean, oh, we're gonna run with this here. Um, you'd want to fuck a dolphin out in the wild. I don't know how you do that. But you'd want to do that so that it, you know, it hopefully flip it off into the sunset and this creepy walking thing, I don't know, it can't swim or... Can it though? It's, it probably it, can. Well, it seems to walk. Um, yeah, but that means it would just swim slowly. But it can also like, because it's like you're technically invisible, I think it still has to obey the rules. And again, internal logic, it's like the old shambling zombie, but if the old shambling zombie was a ghost that only you could see. That's the cool thing about it. Like, People were asking, like, what are the rules, what are the universe rules to the writer-director person after it came out? And they were like, yeah, it can get on planes. Why wouldn't it? Because it just... But it's act, not, it's it not act, alive. It, it, so it just it, acts like a person. And like, yeah. like anywhere where walking is enforced is amazing. And that's why this movie was incredibly tense in... You know, like you're watching uh, a ghost movie. Yep. Or even we watch Pet Cemetery. I'm not really going to go into it too much. But not yet, for no me, way. Pet yeah. Cemetery, daylight scenes, shit's not really going to go down. Nighttime scenes, okay, get your body ready for some tension type of thing, right? Yep. Whereas it follows any fucking extra in the background <laughs> could be who is walking yeah. could be them. And if they're walking towards them, you're like – Sus. So there's this really organic, not even cheap scare stuff where someone is just walking and you're like, you're not even focused on the foreground. You're like watching the background like, oh, where's it going to come from? Where's it going to come from? I thought it was cool. Yeah, I know yeah. some people didn't like it, but I thought as far as like a horror concept goes, like something that sticks with you, like how would you get out of that? Look, and I still find myself thinking about It Follows. Like I, I, I recommend, I feel really bad. I recommended it to friends who just hated it. Yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah, like they absolutely thought it was the dumbest shit ever. And they all put it back to the sex thing. They're like, ugh, like the whole, oh, I've had to fuck you and now I'm taking you away to explain that I did that and I'm sorry, but I had to fuck you because this thing is happening and you have to fuck somebody else. Like, um, 
and they didn't like that. They didn't like that device. That's like good guy asshole, right? Yeah. Look, like he wants to live, so you can kind of relate, but you're like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, and look, I, 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 I could move past that. I guess juvenile aspect of the film, where it's all tied back to one night stands or or whatever. It's like an um, STI and, and, as a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and look, can I just explain that? Um, the whole dolphin fucking thing. I, I would just die. Like I would not fuck a dolphin to stop the it follows monster. I would just let it get me. I think look, that's gross. Yeah. If you're going to take one for the team now, it follows was one of those movies that inspired me to the point where I went and wrote down like lots of little synopses for, for sequel ideas. Like what would I want to see? Hmm. And um, <clears throat> one of them would be, when you're take if you wanted to take one for the team, which would be to go bush. Yep. And to basically build yourself a little Ewok village, which means, you know, it's in the tree line. You've got like a bloody rope or a rope ladder that you pull up every time that you go up top. Yep. As far as I'm aware, it doesn't climb. It's not called it climbs. It follows. <laughs> so and it seems to be kind of more like a zombie. So if you're above it and it can't climb, assuming it can't climb, yep. um, then you would be aware that it's it's down there, it's waiting for you, but only walks. Yeah. So you just take one for the team and you'd go and be celibate and hang out hang out in the forest, go in town occasionally, like run or jog or whatever, get into town, get to your car, drive off, get your supplies, come back, knowing that like – it kind of seems to like part of what makes it creepy in that it's always following you mm. is also what seems to make it uh, flawed. Yeah. In that I'm assuming that wherever you are at any point in time, it's war- it's making a beeline for you. Yeah, yeah. But if there's something in the way, it's got to go around it. It's still got to obey the laws of physics or whatever. So you go to town, get your supplies, start loading up. It's heading towards where you are. You drive back around a longer way and it's by the time you get back home, get your supplies up. It's there. Like you would time all this stuff out. Yeah. Um, I just thought that would be kind of interesting. Like if you were if you were the person to take one for the team, like I'm not going to pay this forward, nor am I going to let it happen to the person who gave it to me. Yeah. That would be one thing that I would explore. And they didn't do a sequel. They did. They did? They did do a sequel. What? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Star Wars – uh, episode eight, The Force Awakens. No, what was it? What was what was the it? Last Jedi? Fucking Last Jedi. Yeah, there you go. Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker, isolated on a mountain. Whoa! He's actually running from the It Follows monster. But then he dies at the end. Spoilers for. I mean, just watch every movie before you listen to this show. I guess we're gonna have to have like a list. Oh, yeah, but you know, like what. <laughs> It only had to sell however many million tickets, so I just fucking see the thing. Anyway, it's not that good. Are we going to do that at some point? Are we? Do yeah. we have to? Yeah, we do. Yeah, righto. I think we do. Yeah, but yeah. so he's in a cave and drinking, like, monster tit milk. I don't know. Yeah, um, they definitely needed those scenes in there. It wasn't too long, and they couldn't have easily cut that shit, but mm, that's fine. You know? Because everyone was like, how does he survive on this island with caretakers? Like... 
oh, he drinks tip milk and catches giant fish. Like, thanks yeah, for explaining that. It was essential. <laughs> Instead of actually spending more time with the Luke Skywalker character that we're about to lose in or, a meaningful way. Yeah, or maybe have... <laughs> A giant bit old bit of exposition about why he decided to like get us up to speed with the Luke who who thought that Space Hitler, aka Darth Vader, had good in him and was right. And then this guy who was like, Yeah, you know, like my nephew was bad and <laughs> I had a moment and now fuck everything. Yeah. Um so the working not many people know this, uh Refer to Wikipedia if you've got any doubts, but you could just listen to me also. The working title of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is It Follows 2. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Death yeah. Star-level explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Starkiller Base. I mean, yeah. that was a pretty big explosion, but... Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's actually the It Follows entity that is the reason he is now a Force ghost. So what did you like about us? <laughs> I'll be back to that. Yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. No, no, no. Um, we, we're going to own this. Yeah. We're going to say you're welcome for our tangents. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, look, you said we'd take him on a journey. You didn't say we'd take him on a direct line. All the conversational podcasts I listen to, they do this pretty much all the time. So shut up. Yeah. That one person complaining, going, I can't hear you about us. Yeah, okay. So we're going to talk about us now. Right. So well, look. Us right now? Is, do we have a problem? We do. Oh. I, can't stand to be with you anymore. Oh, now this has become a different show. How many shows have we gotten one? Mm, <laughs> uh, look, so what I thought about us, uh, I'm always very wary of hysteria around films um, and especially like just to clarify, I think Jordan Peele is amazingly talented. I think he's a fantastic screenwriter and director. Um, this doesn't take anything away from him whatsoever. Um, as an aspiring screenwriter myself, I could only wish to be as amazing as he is. So, um, and get out is amazing. Get it, get out is one of my favorite films. All of the praise. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this to me felt rushed and it felt unfinished and it felt like there were avenues that were not explored that should have been um, to round out this film a little more. Like the the whole thing, like the reason that the tethers, a.k.a. the clones, exist is allegedly due to a government experiment gone wrong. You know, these people subsist on eating rabbits that they that are, that are alive and down in the tunnels that they assumedly then kill with their bare hands and eat them raw. Like, there are clones of, like, uh, assumedly every person in America at least that live underground and have to eat rabbits to live that are forced to horridly perform and mime the actions of whatever's happening to their tether on Earth um, or above ground. Um that's horrific and the government is hiding this however we hear about the government experiment in like one or two lines of dialogue uh to to me that was not expanded on effectively um i think there's a lot of horror that can be drawn from 
the uncertainty around the governing bodies that control us. Um, you know, and that, that's just my personal feeling. I mean, we do that with like the purge and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and for me, there there could have been more tension and drama drawn out of the fact that, like, someone in government's fucked up, and this is now a sealed secret, like Roswell or some shit. You know. Um. So for me, the fact that that was just a throwaway line, like to explain why this situation was there at all, it just felt like a device to explain away an afterthought, like, hang on a minute. Like the, and it is like, it's really scary to think that something that looks like you comes over one day and just kills you. And then all of these clones just join hands across America because they've taken over. Like that's horrifying. But I was left thinking, it's like, this is a massive impact on the world in this film. And they've explained it in a couple of lines of dialogue. Like, for me, it's just not good enough. Um, and I think that generally, like, Lupita Nyong'o, sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. I really am sorry. I'm just a stupid white person. So, you know, you're just going to have to deal with that. Um, and no one pronounces my surname correctly, and it's really easy. So, you know, I've been called McHug. It's actually McHugh. I didn't think that's... McHug I, sounds badass. Can you change it to that? No, I've actually... I've had mail delivered to me after having spoken my name over the phone and my surname is spelt MCQ, like I'm some sort of Like rapper. you're McG. Yeah. But like a few iterations after the yeah. McG comes the McQ. Yeah, exactly. You know, so anyway, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But uh, yeah, look, there's these all, all these amazing scenes that have so much tension in it and... and for me, it's still a quality film, but there were unanswered questions that sort of it, it gave. It just gives me the impression that the hype is a little bit of sort of dazzlement for the the wonder that is Jordan Peele, rather than it actually being critically viewed as a as a complete film with no loose ends. Here's My Movie is brought to you by Rodenta Energy, Krakow's fourth largest provider of rat-generated electricity. As the old saying goes, if your energy ain't all that, better add a rat. I can't remember the exact line they used or whether I've just inserted this. Don't check it. Uh, but, you know, like when um, Shyamalan was at his best, it was like from the... Visionary mind or, or from, the twisted mind of M. Night Shyamalan. That's, that, it was like yeah. that. It was like from the horror mind or the genius mind. Uh, of, that is so that, Look, I work in marketing and, you know, it, it does it does get hard to think of new object, uh, adjectives like all the time and shit. But you don't even need that. No, you don't. From the director but, of Get Out. Exactly. Holy yeah, shit, and, I'm on board. And it, it, this is the product of someone that's just up their own ass a little bit probably so well i mean he yeah. probably isn't in charge of his own marketing no line, definitely not definitely. uh which i'm sure a lot of directors have issues with and and certainly even as amateur screenwriters like when you are writing something and you're kind of like fantasizing about the trailer yeah and you're like oh man if this ever becomes a thing they're totally gonna butcher this and give away all this shit mm. that is like you should experience for the first time. And in fairness, the trailers didn't really give away some of the biggest stuff, but there was quite a bit of misdirection about what it was. Oh, totally. 
Um, I think in terms of like, I think it's important to talk about the positives because I give it, you know, um, three key and peels out of five. Mm. That's my metric for this movie. But we we didn't we did we not agree previous to this that key and peel was sort of mostly miss rather than hit. <laughs> Oh, well, this, you know, you made it. Three, bitch, bitch. is out of five. That, that, that was the best sketch. So that was, yeah, that was the best sketch that, that we saw. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, so don't ignore the scale part. I'm just deciding on the fly that I'm going to tailor it to whatever movie is because it's very, it's very entertaining. Yeah. Like, and okay. in the purest sense, like there are, there's some, there's some funny stuff. Uh, there is some good setup, and there's some great tension. Look, I, I, I honestly think it's a fantastic script, seventy five percent of the time. Really? See, this is this is, and this is dangerous territory to talk about, um, because talking about usually though, usually when you talk about the quality of the script from the movie that you've seen, it's a bit of a danger period, right? It's a bit of a danger ground because danger grounds, thin ice. It's just called thin ice dickhead. Um, because there are three versions of a script. There's the, the script that the studio goes, yep, let's go shoot it. Mm-hmm. And then they turn that into a shooting script, which may have changes or basically just have it shooting like it's shots and stuff added and all this yep. extra stuff. And then there's the record of the film script that the editors use to track stuff. So at any point during this process, it can change. Yeah. I guess where I'm feeling a little bit more confident in making um, assumptions here is that it was because written and directed by the same person. Yeah. So Okay, right. So I feel okay talking about this. Like for me, what I – and this is me looking through time and space here. What I saw was a movie that was like, you're hot. You're so hot. What do you got next? You know, get out to massive success. And he's had to rush everything. Well, it's like whatever you've got, it's green lit for this budget. Yep. Just go do it. We trust you. Um, go. For me, this is a movie that reeks of a lack of oversight. Mm-hmm. There is a lack of input at the scripting stage because, well, I guess we should do a spiel now because we're probably going to. Get into the crux of the podcast. All right. So you're on this journey with us. This is episode one, uh, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, this, the this, Phantom Men Us. Ah, ah, ah. That's the title. Yes. I'm very, very clever. Well done. Thank you. Didn't even know you'd done it. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, so the crux of, of what this podcast is about is like, we're, we're discussing the film that exists and here comes the part where we, how we would dissect it, change it, reevaluate it. If it was our movie, this is what we'd like to do. So, Nathan, what is your movie? All right, let me, let me add to that spiel. Like the, the, the genesis of this idea was... If you criticize anything online, particularly something popular, yes, um, go into the comments. Eventually, you will find at least that one fuckwit, and yeah, you're a fuckwit, who says, well, where's your movie? I don't see you writing anything scarier, funnier, more dramatic, epic, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's my movie, motherfucker. Mm. And then, rah, rah, rah. So, I guess a little breakdown of format. Yes. Uh, because... What follows after this might not even be, here is uh, 
opening scene, page one. You know, it might not be a full dissection. It might mm-hmm. not be completely different. It might just be here's what I would change and here's the effect that I have. It might be if we – and I, I think there will come a time where we're going to do some pretty amazing movies – that we all think that are amazing. And then you're going to be like, how, how are they ripping this apart? Do they not like this? Mm. And it's going to be like, no, we love it. But I would change, you know, like Predator. I would delete the opening scene of Predator, the spaceship. I would get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. Because, and that would be the only change I would make to that movie. Because that would mean for anyone watching it the first time, and if you could total recall yourself, if you could Men in Black flash yourself to forget it, I would love more than anything to watch Predator again for the first time not knowing what was happening and i think that spaceship immediately makes you ask questions that you shouldn't be asking yeah until later or you shouldn't have certainty on it like you know it's an alien before they do whereas when you see the thermal vision stuff in the lead up to actually the revelation of the predator you're like well what is this is this like some crazy fucking russian technology going on here they're being hunted by something and then you see its hand for the first time you're like what the fuck is that like is this a mutated super soldier like it yeah it kind of detracts from that and i don't think it adds anything to the movie no it doesn't okay. break the movie but anyway so they might be as small as that but for us for me um being a three out of five kind of star movie is perfect ground for saying, I'm not going to rip this whole thing apart because there's clearly some great stuff there, but I'm definitely going to make some changes. And I think from the start, one of the changes that I would have made is not have it be an America wide thing, have it be just this one particular family. And and if you wanted to keep that in there, have that as the little twisty thing at the end, the revelation at the end. That it's more than just that family that's affected. Because what it, it's like, it's a slasher and then it's a zombie movie because they're everywhere or a body snatcher. Well, they're everywhere and they're, they're focused on the goal that they've been able to understand from the mission, which is to kill their other or to kill their tether. But, and, they have no capacity for reason, empathy. Like they're 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 an empty vessel. They don't have souls. Like they make the big deal about that yeah. at some point, saying they clone people. It's two bodies, one soul, right? Yep. Which also, which is which is the crux of why the experiment fails, I think. Yeah, because they can't have. A one is to one. They've got these groaning, moaning idiots. Yeah. But also, if it was an experiment, why did they clone all of America? Yeah, and and look, I... I wouldn't have even said experiment, by the way. I would have deleted that whole thing from the script. I would have let people leave going, how did it happen? Like, I don't need to know why a ghost happens for me to know that I'm scared of a fucking ghost in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to understand the genesis of a fucking alien invasion or a or a zombie global takeover. I don't need to know why the thing crash-landed in Antarctica, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you need to add that stuff. And if anything, he probably should have added two or three more different things for there to be misdirection Mm -hmm. because this is a movie that is clearly supposed to be discussed after you leave it but even that i think detracts from the horror of it now i said earlier horror will be selective if you got scared then it's effective as a horror movie i didn't really get that scared once they moved beyond this is one family under attack 
-hmm. when it became bigger, when it became, you know, national, American, for me, that was when it was like, oh, okay, all these people are fine. There's nothing going to happen to them. They're all the heroes of the story. There's no threat to anyone. Yeah. And by that stage, they'd knocked off, you know, most of them. And then there's other things like I would really sit down and think hard about making my rules airtight, even if I didn't explain them. Because yeah. there's that death of the youngest kid clone yeah. where the son makes him walk backwards into fire. And it doesn't work because that kid is untethered. That's how he's above ground and not copying whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like that doesn't work at that stage. I guess what the I guess for that part, what they're trying to do um, to explain away that situation is that, you know, when they're locked in the cupboard together and they do the mirror hands game where you have to like you're cross-legged and you mirror the hand actions of the person opposite you so it's it's like they established that they have now like a connection a relationship and so he's doing mirror hands except it's to his detriment and he's literally walking into a fire because the kid's walking backwards but doesn't make any sense this kid this clone went and set up an amazing firebomb trap that wasn't a mirror of anything else so if anything I would go well 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 softer on the tethering part and once the tether was broken which it has to be for them to be above ground now working of their own volition stabbing their creators and then going and joining a line now the whole line thing I think my interpretation of that beyond she had to give them some basic purpose because they're all basically stupid. Yeah. Um, was that once they had killed their double, they would then join the line. I would have probably established that because that makes it make more sense and it makes it creepy. When you see hundreds or thousands of people in the line, yeah. you know that that equates to hundreds of thousands of deaths. But again, then I wouldn't even have had that stuff. I would have just kept it as... One smaller family, leave that stuff at the end as a tease if you have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and look, I, I think that's fair enough. That's a that's a fair enough um that's a fair enough comment to make because it, it it is a little jarring, um, considering that you know, I guess you could have the revelation of like, oh my god, this family in particular worked it out. You know, they can kill them by making them kill themselves or, you know, some shit like that. Like maybe that would have worked with a different explanation, but um, it is it is very much jarring with the, the, the lore, L-O-R-E, that has been established. Because it doesn't work. Well, no, because... Uh, then every, wouldn't everybody just be doing that? Like well, just walking near the edge of things and making them not e- off? Not or, even that. Like or you, near a car or some shit. You, you come know? face to face with your creepy clone. You are going to stop, yeah. stare at each other. They stop and stare. And then you're going to run the other way. Which means they if they're linked, the they have way. to run the other way. So this yeah. is what I mean. Like there's no problem with him saying the link has been broken. No. But then if it's being reestablished, 
with no explanation. It doesn't make sense. Now, it's a beautifully shot scene. It looks incredible. The music swells. It's utterly horrific to watch even a monster child walk backwards into a fire, a particular mm-hmm. one that clearly has been burnt before. before. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's like, whoa, that's creepy. But I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, this makes no sense. No. This makes zero sense. And then it's used to drive the plot forward, right? Because yeah. the kid gets snatched by, you know, Adelaide and and that is what happens next. So there's little things like that. Like I would I'm saying at a scripting level, I would sort out the law and to the point where I would say to anyone, like, break this for me. Like tell me the slightest nitpickiest thing that doesn't make sense so that I have to go and, and think about it and and maybe even remove more elements. Like remove explanation mm-hmm. so that A, you don't end up with what amounted to like 10, 15 minutes of exposition at the end. And I already said at the beginning, like it doesn't make any sense that Adelaide is tethered to like what, just because she's down in a room, she has to do everything. She's already exercised free will. She apparently has a soul like because if it's one soul and whatever and and I don't mind that one of them had free will and decided to leave but this whole thing of like she learned to dance you know and you're like but she doesn't have to follow you you do unless and again he didn't set up a rule like unless there is something about that place that means you've switched roles now yeah because yeah well that's a good point because uh, the tether in her, in Adelaide's case, is the real person. So she should still be doing what Adelaide's doing, but above ground. Well, no, but she would have free will. She'd be doing whatever she wanted. But I'm saying, how like, is she connected? Even though they switched roles, if they're still linked, and they made a big deal, remember at the beginning where Adelaide, who we didn't know was Adelaide at the time, is talking in her husky voice, mm. explaining the horror of childbirth and interaction, like sex with a guy who she was assigned to essentially, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's like, unless they'd, again, if you're going to set up a rule, set up a rule around once you enter this place, you are the, you're the subservient because she should still have been mirroring what Adelaide was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like whatever is happening below ground, above ground, Adelaide is doing it because that's the, that's the human. It changes nothing. Like it, it doesn't, like, yeah, like once you go down there, your soul switch. I don't know. Like set it, Like if you've set up enough information to try to answer some of these questions, then address that because yeah, the more – and I'm, think, I'm realizing some of this stuff now talking about it. The more I think about that twist, it actually doesn't work. No. Like it's set up really well in a very surface level, don't think about it too hard or you'll go cross-eyed kind of way. <laughs> but yeah. the more you think about it and then even the way that it ends with – the clone or killing Adelaide, if there's only one soul for two bodies and he's, this is a rule that he set up, when the Adelaide died, wouldn't the soul then go to the other one? Mm. Like if that's the rule? Yeah. And then that whole creepy smile at the end that she does to her kid, you know, that... The, the, and and, and the, I guess the takeaway there is that the kid suspects that that's the clone like the there's an there's there's a small nod to the fact that the that the that, that the youngest child has picked up on the yeah. fact that not all is what it seems but 
the problem then is that that creepy smile that she does to the kid is essentially a creepy smile wink to the audience. Like, That's right, yeah. I'm Loki and I'm not, you know, Odin, ha, 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 ha. Like it's like that yeah. sort of level of like it doesn't work. Mm. She's got the dead eyes and, and again on a surface level thing you're like, oh, that's creepy and then you think about it and you're like that makes no fucking sense according to the rules of your own universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of movie that I'm sure if I watched again I could try to – fill in plot holes knowing how it plays out but but i'm just like that and the the gratuitous nature of stuff and i'm not even talking about the violence here i'm talking about the half hour clear exaggeration slows pan out away from rabbits on a wall you know with the the music the opening scene went for way too long and then it was just like moments and the dancing shit at the end (laughs) it was just like you can see how he's thinking visually going this is going to look cool and it looks cool as shit as a music video you know with the sound off without knowing what's going on oh totally visually amazing but in terms of storytelling which it has to be about right yeah it doesn't work and considering how amazing get out was despite how kind of random and out there and and twilight zone (laughs) it's twist is you know in terms of why they're doing what they're doing and what's actually happening like that think about that for too long you're like what the fuck but like it works but he owns it it's internally consistent it holds up under scrutiny yeah and i don't think that us does so i would either yeah i'd really focus down on either Figuring out the rules of the universe and conveying that to, to the audience in a way that wasn't expositional, yeah. ideally, or I would just strip away the rules. And as long as I understood them and, again, made sure that if I could tell you a story about this creepy world, you didn't have any questions or everything was answered or I would have to address whatever questions you had, I would make sure that that was tight and then strip away as much as possible. So there are hints at it. There are elements of it there. Yeah, It's like um, – you know, Inception, uh, everyone's like, does the thing fall at the end? Does it stay standing? And Or even Prestige or something. Anyways, Christopher Nolan says, no, there is. There is evidence uh, there to show that there is an answer. Like there is a definitive answer. Yeah. And the evidence is within the movie. That stuff's cool. And it makes people go and debate it. Now, for me – the things that I went and Googled about us afterwards weren't, oh, my God, what happened there? That's amazing. It was, what happened there? Like, I don't understand it. And I would read two or three different sites and see two or three different explanations, which doesn't have to be a bad thing, but I'm like, no. I'm like, this is, this is the emperor has no clothes, right? This is everyone going, five stars, genius, don't let people know that I didn't get it or – or to be the one person to go, that shit doesn't make sense, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like this has problems. And again, it's not a fucking train wreck. It's not M. Night Shyamalan, you know, making Last Airbender having made Sixth Sense. Obviously there was quite a few films between them. Sure. But it's it's like, okay, this has gone from like four and a half, five stars to three and there was definitely room where you could have taken this core idea and you could have made something, I think, better. Out of it. What is your movie? What would you do to make it better? Oh, that's what I've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This whole time. Um, no, no, but like- I would keep it as, keep it just the one family. Yes. Keep it as a kind of slasher threat 
on that one family in that one scenario. Right. Can even t- keep the twist, but yeah, I would not have made it become this sort of nationwide, basically like a zombie movie type thing and just kept it focused on that. Right, okay. Well, because I think it lost a lot of its horror when it went bigger. Yeah. And or Or go all out and start, like make it that movie from – the get-go, like yeah, go yeah. the bigger one. And so you see, that would be my movie. Like yeah. here is my movie is we can keep it on the large scale of there is a clone of every person in America that lives underground. Um, just something I just thought of then. So what happens when an above-ground person dies? Where are the bodies going? Like wouldn't it, wouldn't all the tunnels just be littered with – the dead and skeletons of because I mean what are they eating these bunnies are in cages they're not in cages with each other they're not fucking to create more bunnies for people to eat like there are logistic massive logistical problems with this idea well yeah and like but what happens when like you know god forbid a small child dies of an illness like its tether would be dead Somewhere, and they should have set like, that up in the it, opening. Yeah, right? it's not like everybody just magically dies of old age. Like well, after ninety five years, everybody drops dead. They could have set that up in the opening. They could have had yeah a tragedy happen at the fair, and you know ferry the kid away yeah. from it. Like oh no, no, don't look over here. But yeah. then when they did their little flashbacky sort of explanation stuff later, they could have shown that moment. And it could have been everyone turns on them to kill them because they know, because they have a soul. I don't know, but like that creates a problem for the twist. Well, yeah, yeah, and but it's like they can't just disappear because they've established that it was a government experiment gone wrong. So, I mean, the government's not fucking magic. It's not Doctor Strange as the president that just makes fucking magic spells and people just disappear at, at, on a whim when it no longer makes sense above ground, you know. So that's a question that I have. And But I think in terms of what I would do as my movie, for me there can be a lot of fear distilled from the unknowns of, you know, the political bodies that control our day-to-day life. So you go more into that. Yeah. I, that was the part that was really missing for me is – detail around what the experiment was, who ordered the experiment, why did they order? I mean, I think that I can't remember clearly, but I'm pretty sure the 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 couple of lines of dialogue that reference it do go into a, a little bit in, into the why. You know, they wanted they I, it was very brief. They it was a failed experiment from higher ups and might this is my memory that was designed to control people right okay but so that but, means that you would do a focused like you'd maybe clone the president or something like that yeah, like yeah. if you wanted to blackmail someone that was the implication that i took from it yeah yeah so for me there is so much horror in a government with limitless power making a meat sack clone of you that has no soul like that is horrifying. That really is like deeply disturbing. Um, and I think so much more could have been made of that. And the whole film 
would have made a little more sense to the point where that suspension of disbelief would have been more forgiving for the smaller things. Well, you could do something with the soul transference as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if that was actually a thing, you're not just you're not not explained. No, but they don't. They don't really. Yeah, they like they set it up. Like it's offered as an explanation for why the below ground people are shit and weird and missing something and clearly okay with you know butchering people as it plays out but for me like you're suggesting there like there is scariness and fucking horror to be found in i you go to work one day and then tether katie comes home but that's because you're dead and your soul is transferred now they're not going to be exactly the same they're not going to have the same memories it's going to be like a shadow version of you yeah it's going to look like you it's going to sound like you to a point it's going to act like you like there is scariness in the idea of waking up next to a different person who looks sounds smells exactly the same as your husband your as they wife. did the day before yeah yeah like kids coming home to a parent that's actually the underground clone that's horrifying. Yeah. Or do none of the backstory stuff. Like, do, don't explain anything. And Because I feel like there was big, not big chunks, but like 20, maybe 20 minutes when you add up all the exposition and the little random bits of dialogue trying to explain it. Yeah. That could have either been cut or serviced on a, like, let's make a tight 90-minute scary movie. Yeah. It's going to scare the shit out of you. Um, rather than, I'm going to try to explain this to you, but I'm going to explain it in a way that, as you have heard, I hope, dear listener, that made it more confusing for at least some of us than actually help with clarifications because all it did was, oh, you answered that question and now I've got 10 more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, look, I want to make it clear that, you know, having our podcast, Here's My Movie, we're not saying that we're the answer to every foible in every movie that's ever existed this is just our take on 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 how we'd change it and we're looking at it as movie lovers and people that are analytical and people who are attempting to put their own film together uh both in script and you know i've done it on screen as well but like it's 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 just a you know movie lovers really dissecting it at a level where it's like what would you what you know what would truly blow your mind at the cinema, you know, if you're able to change an outcome or a scene or a twist or a a plot device, you know. So, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's incredible in terms of his his theming and how it's put together and the idea that, you know, perhaps our biggest fear is ourselves, you know, like that is is pretty incredible. And I, I think it's a really great idea. But for me, there were just these chasms in plot to overcome. And it reeks of something that was rushed. Yeah. And I think building on what Katie was saying as to the explanation for why we're doing what we're doing on this podcast also was like we saw something uh, that was average. It was decent. You know, it was okay. How would we turn that if we were in charge of that at some point in the process mm-hmm. in this fantasy land, <laughs> if we were tethered to Jordan Peele, how would we take that three star to three and a half, four, four and a half, five? You know, what would be our execution of that idea? And it's not always going to be an average movie or an amazing movie as 
you know, I referenced earlier with Predator, we've got some pretty humdingers lined up uh, that we intend on saying, basically, like we have been lumped with this. <laughs> how would but how would we take that idea if a producer came? Hey guys, turn this into something. Like, what would be our pitch, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, we should be so lucky as to um as to end up sort of where Jordan Peele has ended up, which is absolutely deserving and he's incredible but um yeah it, it, it's more about us you know and, and i would hope that if i ever made something or you ever made something that that got some traction that people would do the same for us like it's an amazing kind of learning experience to see yeah and i actually yeah. hope that um the more people start listening to our show because of course you will uh, <laughs> we don't really have an email address set up or whatever, but like I'd hope that a it inspires discussion. We do, we do actually. We do. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah mm. I'm pretty big whiz on the old uh, interwebs. On the interwebs, and I'm just yeah. an old man apparently. But like, um, I would hope that a it it sparks discussion amongst you listeners yeah, and yeah, going, yeah. Hey, this is what I want to do, and then you let us know about it. Like, hit us up and go. I agree, I disagree, or what if we took Katie's idea and we did that, or what if we merged those ideas, or no, those are both garbage. I would actually do this. Or I thought it was perfect, in which case, why are you still listening to this podcast? (laughs) You know, and like, the internet's about uninvited opinion, so whatever. Yeah, we're trying to be a little bit more, you know, less than just the armchair critics and a bit more like, obviously we're movie lovers, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have in common, but... We're both trained in screenwriting. We yeah. both want to be screenwriters. We're both working on our own projects and things like that. So, yeah, and I'm hope yeah, hopefully you've heard a bit of that yeah, <laughs> yeah, come through yeah. as well. And you know, I mean, is us worth seeing? One hundred percent. Yes, it is, and it looks stunning. Lupita Nyong'o, sorry again if I pronounced your name incorrectly because she's undoubtedly waiting for this episode to drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're going to tweet it at her. Yeah. Uh, she is one of the most amazing modern actresses that are out there at the moment. Fantastic. And would watch her in anything. Anything. Even I'd- The Last Jedi. Come on, man. She was in The Last Jedi. What? We watched her. She's masked. Kanata, Maz Katana, Maz Kanata. You know the little midget thing that has a crush on Chewie? The bar owner. Yeah, yeah. And she's a hologram in the second one, which is just Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I love that character. Because yeah, of course you do. But I really do. No, because she's a fantastic actor and she can take a 30-second hologram appearance and make it engaging and entertaining, or she can carry a movie. Look, okay, so she just blows my mind all the time. And so she's she's fantastic. Jordan Peele, obviously amazing, but I feel that he was perhaps studioed a bit and rushed. Um, Can I say that I think that this whole wank around it being flawless is actually doing him a disservice? Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, I mean, in my opinion, nothing is flawless. Nothing. Yeah, okay. What what do you think is flawless? I don't know. I guess we'll have to come back to it at another date. But <gasps> but um, no, but I think there are movies that I'd absolutely give five stars. But is five stars meaning that there are absolutely no changes that you would ever make? 
that this nothing may, went wrong. This podcast may end up ruining my life, but I know I'm immediately thinking about something like Braveheart, um, okay. which I rewatched recently, and I'm like, I don't think there's anything I'd change in that. There may come a day where it is requested that I do that, and I I will hate that day. But yeah, so they're definitely movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, things like that, like the movies that I adore, where I'm like. I don't think I would change anything. You know, so for me, that's like Silence of the Lambs and yeah. Blade Runner. Would you change anything about those? Well, probably not. But to say that they are one hundred percent without elements that could be improved, I don't know. I think that's. Oh, we got to do Blade Runner someday. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Nathan doesn't love Blade Runner. Shh. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Look, but um, but yeah, like I mean. This does not take away from the amazing creative achievements of Jordan Peele and the the cast of Us and all the people involved in it, but it's hard to deny the immense hype around the film. And it makes you scared. I'm, you know, I'm a film critic uh, as well. Yeah. But I am distrustful of films that get these near universal high ratings yeah and and, and I'm like, hang on yeah and like what you were saying before about it being a, a product of like I don't want to be the one that reveals that they might not get it or- and there were a couple but for the most part it was just been like genius he's done it again I'm like yeah. he hasn't there is a I think there's a genius idea in there I think that there is that the idea th- it has to be said is phenomenal I think it's worth exploring the execution is great. But is it five stars? Not in not in my opinion. No, I don't think. Like, I wouldn't say it's great. I'd say it's 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 good in that it's entertaining, and yeah. there are moments of spine chilling stuff, and yeah. there are there are stuff for the you know the the um, slasher film payoffs and the defiant his insistence on defying cliches, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There is a lot to like about it. I don't know that there's a lot to love about it outside of the performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and, and and I think that's fair. That's a fair comment, and I think um, in Lupita's in in instance that she uh, perhaps elevated scenes that would have fallen flat with any other actress. Oh, she was fantastic. Like the the way that she'd thought about the dichotomy of you know Adelaide versus clone, and then obviously yeah, yeah. the layers of how the twist plays out um, was pretty spectacular because it turns into obviously. A little bit of a subversive revenge movie by the end. Once you've had the revelation, you realize that what's been happening the whole time is Adelaide's been seeking revenge against this one person. Again, personal stakes, but then she's untethered everyone to take over. Like it it starts to fall apart. And what's more exciting is revenge. Like that twist works, again, with my pitch of it being smaller scale, Mm -hmm. because it's like, holy shit. I've been rooting for this family, yeah. but knowing that now, nah, I want her to butcher them or whatever, you know. You could have played around with that quite a bit, I think. Yeah, and, you know, and that's fair. And, you know, like, I mean, this podcast isn't really about films that we would necessarily just hate and would change. I mean, there'll be ones that we love as they are, but just have ideas for, you know, improving them and, and, and things like that. Um, that will not be the case when we do The Happening. <laughs> um, that's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, yeah. 
but you know just stay tuned because i mean we've got a lot of ideas and we want to share our opinions with you we want to hear your opinions we wanted to start a discussion yeah yeah that's what we really want like the big takeaway from this is if you disagree with what we're saying we want to hear about it as well we want to know like all we want to do is start a discussion yeah beyond the it was garbage or it was amazing Mm. or even it was average like we want to talk about how we would fix it yeah you know um and so with that i think that we can probably wrap it up um but uh it is a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to share our thoughts with you if you have any ideas if you want to i don't know call me gay or whatever people on the internet do these days you can hit up both of us at here's my movie.com there's an there's a opportunity for you to uh, email us you can join our mailing list i'm probably not going to be asked to send you emails very often what is the email is it both of us at here's my movie.com it's hello at here's my movie.com I thought you'd like tailored it for this episode. Both no. of us at here's my movie.com. No, 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 no. Just hit up the website. You'll find a way to contact us. It's all set up. I did it a while ago and then I got really busy with work and here we are. Um, but, you know, there's a lot <laughs> social media. There's all that crap as well. And Just- we'll set that up and like, this is our first episode. So we'll probably get a lot more focused with uh, this part of saying how you can reach us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, we do want to hear from you. We do want to hear your thoughts. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we just love movies. And I kind of want to make it about TV as well because TV's sort of my, my niche in terms of writing. That's the spin-off show. That's the spin-off show. We're already ready for a spin-off. We're marveling this shit up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's 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 really important that we uh, stimulate discussion, and we hope you've enjoyed this segment. We will be back with inevitably more thoughts about more films and other things. So it's uh, it's been an honour and a privilege, ladies and gentlemen, and other. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, do you want me to do it?